Well, Dan, we have to live up to one of your promises from a previous podcast. This is no good. I've made so many of them now. That's right. So well, many unfilled. Yeah, that's what she said. Uh, <laughs> the Neil Davis Memorial Medal. I've only come from with that comment when I'm the one making it. It doesn't really work coming from you. <laughs> Leon Davis Memorial Medal. Back on track, please. All right. Sorry, sorry. Now, named, named after Leon Davis's infamous donuts. Well, you'd donuts. hope so, wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the donuts episode from the 2002 Grand Final. He was so bad in that Grand Final, the Collingwood players started calling him donuts, and he came into training one day to find donuts in his locker. And knowing him, he would have scoffed them down, too. <laughs> so, and also, the only player to ever have been awarded a Grand Final medal, despite not actually playing in the, uh, in the yeah, in the Just in the deciding game, yeah, let's go with that. Yes, yes. Yeah. Leon Davis, we salute you. Yeah. No, we don't. Ah, <laughs> um, shit. <laughs> we salute you with the, Luke, yeah. the Leon Davis Memorial Medal. You've heard of a big game player? He was a small game player. <laughs> so, yes, the so, worst player in the grand final every and year. We've had so, a bit of a trouble coming, I guess, coming to a concrete definition of what it resembles. It could be that they were literally the worst player on the ground. It could well be that they created an act. Had a brain fade that turned the game. That yeah. essentially turned the game you could say. Yeah. So there's a number of criteria that somebody yeah. could potentially... It's and all very scientific. That's right. And much like the Norm Smith medal, yeah. a guy there's, on the wins... There's bound to be arguments. Yeah, there's, there's, there's always, yes. And also, both teams are eligible. You don't have to play on the team that lost on grand final day to be a winner of the Leon Davis medal. Or so a loser. It or however it's pretty prestigious. Want to put it. Yeah. So, yeah. What would the Leon Davis medal look like? I think we discussed... I was just it. going to say, yeah, maybe like a... just a, a Giant like pile. Yeah, dried turd. Like yeah. in the shape of a, a, a middle donut. finger or something like that. Yeah, a donut. Yeah. Let's go with that. Yeah. A so dried, dried yeah, hard baked turd. Yeah. In the shape of in a, the shape of a donut. The shape of a donut. Painstakingly forged. That's right. <laughs> so with the, the same kind of rigor and precision that the Brownlow Medal and the Premiership Medallion yeah. get, mate. It's all part of the same. All part of the thing. So. tapestry. So of course we're so we've, we've, we've talked ex- it up enough now. We have, and obviously it couldn't exist before Leon Davis played in the Grand Final. So the starting point, much like the Norm Smith starts in 1979. Two, 2002 is yeah. when the Leon Davis Memorial Medal starts, and of course yeah. the first recipient has to be Leon David. Oh, okay. That was yeah. so good one. That's nice. People won't see that coming. I like yeah. it. Yeah, bold. Just like. Bold. The fact that it's named after Leon Davis. That's right. Yeah. So, in all your winner, Leon Davis. So, 2002. Yeah. What a Leon, year. <laughs> Leon Davis. 2003. Uh, we had a bit of a debate about this. There were so many Collingwood players on the day that it could have gone to. Mm. Tristan Walker and oh, Jason Cloak and Matt Loken in particular yeah. were terribly crap. But... but each year, perhaps we should just say, yeah, so Brisbane beat Collingwood yeah, that's that right. year. Um, Collingwood were heavily favoured yeah. um, to reverse the result from the year before yeah. um, and dry mixed tears. But no, it didn't happen. Yeah. And and, uh, yeah, I think it was about 50 points in the end, but it seemed mm. like a lot more on the day. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we, get, we we decided to go with Reece Shaw purely because not only did he only have eight possessions on the day, but he came up with arguably the biggest momentum swing and clanger that could possibly happen. Under no pressure whatsoever in the back 50, goes to kick the ball, has a change of thought, and decides probably not the best time to kick it. Manages to spill, drop the ball, spill it forward, straight to Alistair Lynch, who picks it up and snaps a goal. Thank you, Mother, for the rabbits. Yeah. Yeah, puts Brisbane about five goals up halfway through the second quarter and it was pretty much game over yeah. from that particular point. So, yeah. Reese Shaw, we salute you with a Leon Davis medal of yeah. 2003. Reese couldn't be here, so GJ is accepting on his behalf. Yeah. So let me just put it over your neck. Yeah, there you go. Now try not to pick at it. 
it either. So. Get that shit away from me, man. 2004, Port Adelaide beating Brisbane. Famous for the uh, fisticuffs at the start of the game yep. with one Mr. Alistair Lynch, who... Well, uh, when we were discussing this year, my immediate comment was, well, it has to go to Alistair Lynch because the only touch he had all day was punching... Uh, was it Wakeman? Daryl Wakeman. Well, he yeah. missed Wakeman. Yeah, uh, yeah. If he did connect, uh, Daryl Wakeman might still be in hospital yeah. now. Well, so he didn't have a touch there. But then when we actually looked up the stats, yeah. we found I was spot on. So mm. living up to the donut shape of the medal, yeah. Alistair Lynch, no touches. No touches, 10 weeks from memory. Yeah, so. and a retirement. Yeah. So that's that's sort of really, well, I guess you'd say lowering the bar, wouldn't <laughs> you, right. for the future winners. That's the sort of, um, yeah, yeah, crapulent performance. And I mean, that we did for a second contemplate calling it the Alistair Lynch medal mm. purely on this performance. Yeah. But, so, uh, yes. yeah, so setting very low standards for future winners to try and emulate. Yeah, that's right. So moving on to 2005, I remember this game vividly because I was actually there mm. and uh, I'm still in the fetal position as a re- yeah. consequence of the results. Sydney getting up and by less than a goal over the Eagles. The first leg of the double header. I was just going to say, I've only seen that Leo Barry mark about mm. 500 times since uh, and I might be underplaying that 500 mm. too. Um, we had a bit of a debate on this one because there were really three standout candidates as far as we were concerned. The nominees are. The nominees were uh, Travis Gasper to... who as part of the uh, next stanza um, deal was allowed to play. Even so it's probably he... the only time in history that two um, reports, one for either side, have both actually worked yeah. in favour of the one team. That's right, yeah. Barry Hall was allowed to play and Travis Gasper was <laughs> basically was also allowed yeah, to play. let off yeah. and said, you know, now it's even, isn't it? Yeah. Hall and Gasper. Yeah. Well, Gasper only <laughs> played about 20 minutes, as did Sam Butler, so their possession numbers didn't look too strong on the day, mm. so they are, they are candidates, but the reality so was... S- Sam Butler was the second nominee. Yeah. And, Sam, and there's probably more of a case for Butler than Gasper because mm. Daniel Kerr was on one week and the coaches yeah. made the decision that Daniel Kerr on one week is going to give us more than Sam Butler yeah. will right now. So. Which was correct, yeah. yeah. And I mean, I do remember watching the 06 grand final when Butler got a kick in the first quarter. I was like, well, that's already more than he <laughs> managed in the previous yeah. year. But Two hat balls. From, from being at the game, um, I, there could only have been one winner this day, and it was Michael Gardner, as far as I was concerned. Um, we need to cue some like. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Once a drum bounce. roll or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Gardner was absolutely terrible on this day. The, he um, got a free kick early in the first quarter from about 20 out, and I remember him hitting the post, and that's probably the only thing he did for the rest of the game, to be honest. And he was out there for most of the... Uh, well, as the Ruckman, yeah. Well, he was playing as a permanent forward in this game, oh, okay. but uh, that was part of the problem. Mm. He never really was a forward. So, uh, Michael Gardner. Congrats. And, you know, probably honorary mention to John Worthwhile for some of his selections mm, and yeah. positioning on that day. I still give it to Sam Butler though just because the, the zero kicks ties in nicely with the whole donut thing. Oh. We're trying to interweave that through everything here. 2006. A slightly Cost. happier affair for Absolutely. Well, yes and no because I was sitting here. Uh, the Eagles uh, Eagles beating Sydney of course by points and my next door neighbour coming in to check that I was okay after hearing all the screaming from me oh, and me just dumbfounded pointing at the screen saying <laughs> they won. That was all I could say <laughs> and he just looked at me shook his head and went back to... <laughs> Well, the only words he said for the next week and a half. Yeah. It was a bit like Mr. Burns with the yeah. Homer Simpson. But um, So, yeah, Eagles getting up by Sydney over a point. Now, I, I personally think there's only one win of this. Big bad Barry Hall. The yep. donut representing the number of goals he kicked on the day. <laughs> Even if he did happen to think otherwise. <laughs> yeah, that's right. years later. We've told that story. I've told that story yeah. at least twice on this podcast, so we'll leave it yeah. at that. I mean, yeah. the other nominee which we discussed was because at least um, Barry Hall had a decent opponent, yeah. whereas LRT managed to stink it up completely playing on Ashley Hanson of all people. 
Yeah. So yeah, he he was unlucky to miss out. So yeah. commiserations. Yeah, he him. was he was unlucky to to miss the Norm Smith in two thousand and five, mm. and he was unlucky to miss the Leon yeah, Davis so, in yeah, two thousand and six. So tough, two, tough two years, years for him. Yeah. Yeah. What ifs and what might have been. Yeah. <laughs> yes. If butts and candy notes, you could well say two thousand and seven, infamous for one hundred and seventeen. Now we could have probably missed it a hundred nineteen. I think. Uh, it might have been yeah. one hundred ninety. Yeah. But well, who's counting? I was going to say we probably could have wished it that many. <laughs> Port Adelaide I, I wanted to give this to the entire team, yeah. Just I, have like and a I, giant replica yeah. of the medal built and just like hanging over Port Adelaide. And I, I just think what you're saying, remember saying to you that the Corns brothers played well and Peter Burgoyne was actually okay as well. But oh, there was one who I thought stood out with his crackulance <laughs> on the day and that was Justin Westhoff, the Hoff himself. Didn't do much all day, but early in the second quarter did have a shot at goal from very from about 15 or 20 out and missed when the game was still reasonably Well, that was pretty much close. when it was ended as a contest. Yeah. Shortly after that, yeah. So, yeah. Yep. So, so you sure that's not influenced at all by the match winning, the game winning role he played in the first week of the finals that no, year? No, not at all. No? Not bitter? No. All right. Let's move past these questions of yes. ice. On to 2008. Now, yeah. perhaps in honour of uh, Brad Sewell getting jipped out of the Norm Smith, we really should have chosen the second worst player on the ground and, and given it to them, would you say? So, yeah. So, arguably, still point. arguably the third worst, because I thought yeah. Xavier Ellis was probably mm. right there with Sewell. Oh, there, there were a lot of them. Clinton Young and Stuart Jim. Uh, I mean, also if Young them. doesn't do an ankle, he's probably yeah. going to win it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, no, that's let's right. Let's give it to Hodge. Yeah. yeah. We'll give it to the fifth best player on the ground who was playing on, who basically didn't have an opponent. So yeah. I reckon that the, I actually so reckon that the. Segway uh, two? Yeah, I, I think that the medal has to go to the guy who was actually meant to be playing on Luke Hodge on mm. that day, who's Matthew Stokes. Yeah. AKA the drug mule. Seven possessions he had. Yeah. Hodge had 28, a goal and a normie. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, the only thing of note that he did was pretty much um, punch Hodge in the ribs a few times before the siren went. From memory, yeah. that was the only time you saw him within five metres of Hodge for the rest of the day. Allegedly, yes. his direct yeah. opponent. And you wanted to give an honourable mention to Cam Mooney. Yeah, to Cam Mooney, whose set shot after the half-time siren is possibly the worst kick in any of the grand finals we've covered throughout the yeah. Yeah, the Leon Davis medal period. And he still has um, not, he says to this day, he still has nightmares about that kick. Well, I still have wet dreams about it, so yeah, <laughs> that works out well. But, I mean, that was a game-changer for me. I think, I still think if he kicks that goal, then Geelong get a real boost from that right at the oh. end of the first half. It could have, yeah, could have, would have, should have, but it may have changed everything. So, the moon star? Well, well, well yeah. if... I keep I was trying to think, should we be saying well played or... No. <laughs> you suck. If we did go past the Leon Davis save, the Moonster would, he would probably have the 99 medal in his keeping where he came on the ground for a uh. minute, gave away a free kick at a 50 metre penalty and spent the rest mm. of the game on the bench. Tragic. It was just a few years too early for him, yeah. wasn't it? But, uh, uh, well. so, 2009, which of course was the close game between Skilder and Geelong. Mm. Geelong getting up by two, two goals. goals. One of which was after the siren. One of which was after the mm. siren. Can I just say, at the time, I remember watching that thinking, how pissed off would you be if you had any sort of margin bet going? Yeah. How pissed off slash jubilant <laughs> if you'd gone the uh, yeah Geelong 10 to 15 points, for instance. But I do. I have, a, I have a similar betting story. I think it was 97 when the Crows played St Gilda. One of my mates, I think it was 24 points he had. The 20, he's in the 23 to 25 range. Mm. The margin was 24 points with 30 seconds to go and Nigel Smart goal. he was fuming because it was paid about 20s he was not a happy camper Jeez. and we'd gone away for the weekend and he's, he put 20 on it and he said if this gets up I'm shouting yeah. the rest of the weekend so you were fuming as well yeah well, the five of us who were there we were all fuming but uh, yeah. this one's a little bit controversial because uh, we actually have given it to the captain of the winning team Tom Harley yeah I mean we undenied quite a bit about this one I think what you'll find is yeah in these closer games it's 
um, can be a bit more difficult to find. Yeah. You know that really standout performer who really yeah drops below the bar. Yeah, <laughs> limbo style. And I mean the argument with Harley was he probably didn't. Well, re- I mean, it's a bit it, like Nick Maxwell of 2012. He's pretty much in the te- sorry 2013. Mm. Probably only in the team because he's captain. Yeah, you could say he was one week into retirement by yeah. this stage. Yeah. So so having been uh, KO'd the year before and yeah. picked up Leon Davis of this year, another sort of nice little two-year story for him. Yeah, 2010. Now, of course, we'll, we'll jump straight to the replay where uh, Collingwood absolutely touts and killed her mm. up. And you could make an argument here that there's a little bit of 2007 about this. There was probably a dozen St Kilda players we yeah. could have chosen. But, not, uh, not to mention Leon Davis, who yeah really yeah. put it forward a strong case to, to win his own medal yeah. um, after being so shit in the first week that he was not picked for the second one. That's right. Um, yeah. But in the end. We decided to go... We've gone with Brett Peake, and the the thing that put Brett Peake below everybody else was a horrid turnover he had early in the second quarter when the game was still reasonably close. Mm. Running across, he tried to kick the ball 70 metres across the field and didn't get it anywhere near his mark. Collingwood turned it over and got a goal. Yeah. And it was, once again, much like the reshore thing, a momentum killer. We looked up the stats, and from memory, he had 12 or 13 possessions during this yeah, game, and, and half of them were clangers. Them were clangers yeah. so, so that's a pretty good... Um, clangor rate right there. So he's almost he's almost neutral. Yeah. Uh, which probably is a bit of a precursor to the performance of the 2013 medal. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I mean, Nick Rewalt was the other one we considered um, yeah. purely for the uh, the goal square incident yeah. <laughs> in the first term, which yeah. was pretty much the defining moment of the game. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Rui really a little unlucky to yeah. miss out. Rui's numbers weren't horrible as we discussed yeah. in this particular game. Although Rui's in essence, Rewalt's been on the stage three times and hasn't really mm. stood up and commanded any of those games. Yeah, and for someone who, as a general rule for St Kilda, week in, week out, he is their most important player, yeah. the fact that he didn't sort of, you know, step up for them on the day mm. had a, a large bearing on the outcome. Yeah. But no, we decided Peak was just a little bit shitter. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, that's right. But, uh, congratulations, yeah, Brett Peake. Uh, 2011 is an interesting choice because... This is one of my favourites. A player, yeah, a player who was on the winning team who actually the first player to be subbed out of a grand final. Yep, and uh, it was a pretty memorable sub because I remember watching that game and thinking at the end of it, the fact that he was no longer on the ground was what won Geelong the game. I speak, of course, of arguably the worst player in the AFL right now. Who just got a new two-year contract with Adelaide. James Podsy Adley, the J-Pod. The J-Pod, Take a bow. Taking one for the team and leading them to premiership glory by removing himself from the field of play. (laughs) That's right, so... Um, yes. I mean, we joke about it, but there really is. There's no doubt in my mind that him going it off the ground was the turning point of that game. It certainly played a role because Ben Reid was undone, and all of a mm. sudden Tom Hawkins just dominated the forward line. Mitch yeah. Duncan came on and gave them a lot of run, particularly yeah. early in the second half. It, it really was, yeah, the, the moment that turned the game. I thought. Yeah. So uh, congratulations. So off. Yeah. yeah. Probably also the first guy ever on the um, the winners um, dais with a yeah dais with, with his with arm, in a, arm in a sling. Yeah, yeah, that was a good look too. Sums it up quite nicely. Yeah. So 2012. And this is one of great probably, personal relevance for me. You're probably still not uh, talking about Sydney getting over the line versus Hawthorne's inaccurate kicking. Well, I'm... And I'm, Dan, Dan Hannibal, once again, I think we picked the second best player on the ground. The, the second oh, worst I mean, player after the yeah. second best player on the ground. I mean, Sully probably had as many, if not more claims, as good a claim to winning it that year as he did in 08. Because yeah. he was single-handedly the one keeping Hawthorne afloat for a lot of that time. Sam Mitchell and was extremely well um, marked all day. I think he had a 
little bit of an injury concern as well. Mm. But I don't think I've and, ever uh, seen one... Dan, Dan Hanabry for Sydney was mm. Sydney's best player. Yeah. And yet somehow Ryan O'Keefe wins it. Oh, as Timbo has a theory that it was based on dream team points yeah. because O'Keefe had that many tackles. So, yeah. bit of a conspiracy theory there. Yeah. But in terms of but, judging uh, the worst it, on can field... I, can I say once again, dirty on that decision? Hanabry, we had Hanabry at 34th for the Norm Smith. And it did deserve it. Dirty oh, on sorry. that decision. Yeah. Fully winning the Norm Smith was the only thing I stood to get out of that game. But, uh, yes. But when it comes to the worst... And, you know, a lot, just for the record, a lot of people bag Wayne Franklin this game, but... Oh, his pass off to Gunston in the last quarter when he should have taken It was really only... I'm just going to say, it was really only his finishing that let him down yeah. on the day. He was probably in Hawthorne's best four or five players. The problem is, because it had been an issue for Buddy for so long, um, it really, that was really the straw that broke the camel's back. But, the fact that yeah. a key forward who'd been in the game for six years now uh-huh. just still couldn't I mean, kick straight. You could argue it's stage. Buddy. You could argue that it's Jack Gunson for hitting the post from 20 oh, but out. That, that was the one where Buddy should have taken responsibility as a senior player. Instead, passed it to one of the youngest guys on the ground from a more difficult angle. I blame Franklin for that completely. But we haven't but gone anyway, that way. We haven't yeah. gone for either of those choices. No, we've gone for the obvious Dan's, one. Dan's favourite whipping boy, common medalist, well, Jared Ruffin. Yeah, with Sean Makers out injured anyway. <laughs> yeah, Jared Ruffin. Uh, I think this may have been the day that my oft-repeated phrase, pure garbage, was actually born. Because that was the only way I could describe his performance that day. And what was worse was that he'd actually stepped up and been a decent player for us that season. Like, he'd been okay. You know, in the past, I thought he was always a very, very overrated player. That season, he'd done alright. But then suddenly, come the one day of the year where we need him most, he shat the bed in a in yeah in a manner that had to be seen to be believed. His decision-making, his inability to mark, his turnovers, his red hair. Yeah, I know, I'm getting desperate now. But yeah. everything just pissed me off about him that day. And I think he was far and away, yeah, the worst player on ground. And so we come to 2013. Yeah. Hawthorne yeah. versus Remantle. And we thought we'd and, get... Well, as a sign of how seriously we were taking the medal this year, we actually flew Timbo across to the MCG to watch the game live for us and yeah, make his decision on who the worst player was. He uh, was probably there to watch Frio, actually. But still, we're claiming him as our... Yeah. yeah. It, it, looks good. it looks good to the ATO when... Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know, We come, are going to get that return, the end of the, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. Come the end of the financial year, we actually do get that. So, probably, probably um, cut that. So, <laughs> from from, uh, from Perth's side, uh, it looked like uh, Hayden Ballantyne, aka fucking Frodo, was uh, was well and truly the winner. And Timbo, as our roving reporter, what were your thoughts? Can you, yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess. Comments from yeah, good ground photo show out. That was a classic. Yeah, proof of ground photo with the four empty seats of the Archer men hitting the bar. <laughs> so this whole roving reporter role, you weren't exactly say, taking it seriously. That, that's uh, not going to impact our Hayden, ability to Hayden get back. wasn't there with me before the game, was he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you probably would have noticed him. He's four fucking feet tall. I'm <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But, uh, I think Hayden Ballantyne was, uh, was arguably Hawthorne's second or third best player on the day. Yeah. I so. mean, just again and again in key contests, he just shat the head, basically. Yeah. Mm. I mean, there was the shot he missed where, I mean, that was, we did mention the Cam Mooney at halftime in 08. It was possibly the worst set shot in any of these grand finals. But the Ballantyne one in the last quarter where you could sort of see, in fact, he did sort of, 
he did have a bit of a drunken look about him as he was running up, so perhaps that was yeah the pre-matched <laughs> drinks that he had with Timbo and the boys. But um, you could see from the way he was lining up, he was essentially sort of heading off, veering off towards you know the behind post right right from the start. So missed a lot, um, slipped over at a couple of key moments, turned the ball yeah. over a couple of other times. He absolutely uh, baked Michael Walters at one stage when he was on his own running into goals and he didn't mm. pass him the ball, which from memory at that stage would have brought the game back to within 15 points with about 10 minutes ago. Yeah. Then went back and had the shot and missed everything. Yeah, that, that was probably the shot. Uh, yeah. So, so yeah. yeah, so he put forward a very, very solid case, yeah. we have to say, and um, yeah, we're proud to announce him as the, the winner the, and Frio's first uh, winner yeah. of this prestigious and, award. And, and the reigning Leon Davis medalist. Yes, exactly. So, long may his reign last. So, and given that Frio may well end up there again in 2014, he has the chance to go back to back, which has not Yet been done happen. before. Yeah. yeah. So, if that's not a big incentive, uh, I don't know what is. <laughs> yeah. Stakes are high, Hayden. Yeah. Make it happen. Exactly. So there we go. The Leon Davis Medal winners. Yeah. A extremely select, <laughs> exclusive, <Yes>. and prestigious <laughs> group. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you guys suck. <laughs>